0: Hello folks and welcome to Inside the Fox Den, the podcast for all things Marist women's basketball. I am your host, Jonathan Kinane. For those of you that don't know me, I am the beat writer for the women's basketball team for Centerfield Marist, your go-to outlet for Marist sports, and we've uh, decided to start doing some podcasting. And I can't think of a better team to run a podcast around than this Marist women's basketball team. So it should be an exciting venture, and uh, we can't wait to get started. As of this recording, the Red Foxes are 4-0 and on the season with an impressive win over Albany on Tuesday inside the McCann Center. 67-48 was the final, and I tell you what, I did not expect it to be a nearly 20-point game. I saw, I saw some tape of this Albany team, and I thought they could give the Red Foxes a little trouble. And it looked, like, it looked like they were after the first. Uh, Maris was down 13-9, to nine and they didn't look good at all. But to the Red Fox's credit, they came back, and they played a heck of a game the rest of the way. Now, Albany had it a little worse than Maris in terms of uh, stopping and starting in the preseason. They had numerous pauses, and they didn't even get to start playing until December 11th against Hofstra. So that was just a couple of days ago um, against Hofstra, They only scored 45, and then they go play Seton Hall, a Big East team. They hang 71 on the Pirates, and they win in New Jersey. Then they kind of even out against the Red Foxes a little bit. But I was a little scared going into the game, but that's kind of what you get with COVID. Not really consistent performances, and Albany will still work to figure some things out, and they can be a player in their conference, the America East. But back to the Red Foxes. No, it really seemed like just another day in the office. You have Caitlin Weimer, the incredible freshman. She has her first career double-double. And I tell you what, if you watch the game, she just dominated in there. It wasn't even a fight. Albany had a 6-3 player, had a couple 6-1 girls. But Weimer just kept, kept winning her battles. She blocked shots. She altered more. She pulled down rebounds. She scored probably five or six easy layups. And then you have another freshman, Zaria Demember-Shazer. And I kind of thought, okay, at the start of the season, I thought, where is she going to end up? Is she going to get lost in the shuffle? No, she's going to be the first or second player off the bench. And she equaled Weimer with 14 against the Great Danes on Tuesday. And then you can't forget about the established players like Sarah Barcelo, Tranesha Kennedy, and Willow Duffel. Willow Duffel. We're talking about her... Like, she's an afterthought. She is the captain of this team, and we're seeing younger players step up, and I'm sure that makes, her, makes it a lot easier on her, but she had another solid game. I actually want to talk about her defense because she played some – having her on defense is just a huge advantage for the Red Foxes. She played a great defensive game against Albany's Helene Hagerstrand, Who had 26 against the Pirates? She had a huge fourth quarter that helped them win that game. Uh, Willow got matched up with her most of the game, uh, and Zarya de Membershazer, I'm going to call her ZDS, uh, drew her for some other possessions. But Willow shut her down. She had seven points all in the first half, and then Ellen Haney, uh, the Great Dane's other strong strong player she was averaging a double double coming in 16 points 11 boards coming in as a guard which is impressive barcelo uh drew her most of the time barcelo did a good job honey had 12 points uh which led the team and if 12 points leads the team odds are you're not scoring that much so great performance on the defensive end there by uh, Barcello and Duffel, especially Duffel. But Barcello, too, she, uh, she's led the team in scoring most of these games and, until today when Weimar and ZDS did it. She's stepped up. She's scoring not just from three like we've uh, been accustomed to seeing her the last couple of years, but she's, she's putting the ball on the deck. She's showing what she can do on defense, and it really seems like she's going to develop into a great player. So how can you not be excited about Marist right now and uh, just to throw in, Allie Best, who had not committed a turnover today, uh, 21 assists to one turnover. And that one turnover was a very controversial one that I think they should take a look at because I'm not sure if that was on her. But she doesn't get talked about that much. And, you know, credit to her, she, she's not looking for the attention. She just wants to see her team win. She, she took one shot today, um, but she finished with seven assists. Yeah, you know, I'm just thinking. I, I meant to put her in my uh, game story for today, but I left her out. I'm sorry, Allie. You had a great game. Uh, all these factors kind of came together for Marist, and it's just so many faces, so many people who can impress. This team's just going to be a tough out, you know? And speaking of tough outs, we'll preview Marist's next opponent, Fairfield, in a second. And I'll tell you, Fairfield looks like. They might be the class of the Mac this year, but we'll get into that soon. We're going to have Coach Georges on to talk about game against Albany and what he's looking forward to against Fairfield. But first, let's look at some stats for Marist because, you know, you can see them play, and that, and that tells you something. But these stats, they tell you Marist is one of the best teams so far this year. They're outscoring their competition by over 20 points a game. In fact, they had to start their season. I saw it on the telecast today. They started their season with three straight wins of 20 plus points, and they were leading by 22 in the final minute until an Albany player hit a corner three. And you know, when you're when you're winning, you can nitpick against this stuff, but you know, it's such a big problem to have that you're not winning games by 20 plus. But Marist is shooting the ball tremendously, and some of it's because they're getting so many good looks in the paint, and some of it's because the shots are just going in. But they've been over 50% in three of their first four games, and the opponents shooting 34%. Albany really struggled today; they shot 32%. But when you have a disparity like this, you're going to be winning ball games. And then to top it all off, Marist is killing their opponents on the boards. They're getting 13 and a half more rebounds than the opposition. And that just translates to more opportunities for you, which uh, these opponents don't need right now. Because you don't have to worry about giving up second and third opportunities. And that's just going to help your cause. And you've got a couple great rebounders in Weimer and Duffel who have both had double-doubles this year. So Marist is really, I mean, they've played Canisius twice, who is not great. But Army's not bad. Albany's probably going to be a factor in their conference. So they're doing this against real competition, and we'll see how it translates over as they start to play better and better teams. Well, I think that's enough of my voice. Let's get to the interview with Coach Georges. He talks about the game against Albany, previews Fairfield, and we figure out me and him have something in common. You'll just have to listen to find out what it is. I've never, I've never hosted one of these, so this is, is kind of a new experience, oh. but, but we'll figure it out. Yep. So, so thanks for joining uh, today. This is, we're going to try to start a little podcast here. Um, I, I know you have some, some really huge honors throughout this career, but I would assume this has to be right up towards the top, right, Coach? What? Oh, boy being on this podcast.
1: Oh, well, it might be third or fourth. I'm not sure.
0: Yeah. Well, th- thanks for thanks for joining today. You know, have you have you ever been on a podcast before?
1: I just went one two days ago with Diane Nolan, who used to be the Fairfield head coach, who's now uh, announcing at Quinnipiac.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. I, I think I know her voice. I, I yeah. saw one of their games earlier. Um, so, just um, first off, some now that you have had a day to think about it, what are some takeaways from the Albany game?
1: I thought we did a much better job defensively in some of the things that we were trying to do, we did a good job of, of taking away, you know, their best player. And, you know, some of our sub goals in each game is to try to hold the best player to at least like four points under their average. And we did that, you know, um, both of the Swedish kids, um, you know they're just they just keep amazing me with some of the different things that they do and and again we're getting contributions from everybody, and it doesn't necessarily have to be scoring. We're getting great, great production on the bench with Zaria and Kendall and Annabelle and Emma coming in and uh, starters are all playing well. We have we had five kids in double figures last night. Four kids that average double figures and the one that doesn't. That's probably the best assist-to-turnover ratio in the country. So, and he started a great debate. Was that an, a turnover by Allie Best? And the answer was, yes, it was.
0: Yes, it was. Okay, well, yeah. we have some closure now.
1: Can't bounce it between the legs of somebody. And she was the first one to admit it, that it was her fault. So, All
0: right, well, if she admits it, then that is more than fair. But um, do you think, I mean, I know last year's team obviously had three – great players generally generational players do you think this year's team is tougher to prepare for for opposing coaches just because you have so many kids that can score and contribute
1: i think so and you know last year you were always preparing for the big three and this year you know if you prepare for a couple of kids and stuff like that other people can step in and we don't run anything particularly for one certain player and and this year's team obviously which is different from many of the teams of the p- past has an inside presence with both um with actually with all three of them with uh caitlin zaria and willow so to have that inside and outside presence you know helps
0: do you um when was the last time you had a team with an inside presence like this
1: uh tory gerose pretty good inside presence and she made it to the last cut of the dallas wings and is still playing professionally that's a pretty good, it's a pretty good one. Oh yeah for, sure. yeah.
0: for sure. Now moving on, you know, um, the schedule change that you have, you have Fairfield this weekend now. So um, I watched, I watched a game and I knew I knew they had the two all first teamers, Lopez Seneschal and Armstrong, but then a girl goes and drops 39. So what's the, what's the deal with them? What have you seen from them?
1: Well, you know we've watched all the games, and uh, the last three games they've shot the basketball pretty well. I mean they made seventeen threes at Hofstra. Um, you know it's a it's a different type of team because I mean our philosophy is always defending inside out, and people have always said, "Oh, we got to close out better on shooters. That's not what we do as far as you know we're taking away the inside. But in this game, you have to defend outside in because they have such prolific shooters, and especially now with Lewis. I think Lewis scored more points against Siena in the weekend than she did in her whole three years previously. She's always been a shooter, um, and she got some minutes, but not as many minutes as she's getting now. She, you know, With Sam Kramer out of the lineup, she steps into the lineup, and, and she's obviously not going to give it up to anybody else soon. But, uh, you know, they've been shooting the three real well. He, Joe just runs some great stuff. And, and the thing that's tough about Joe's stuff is that they not only have great execution stuff, but they run it fast. So you don't have time to think.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, on the defensive end, Willow Duffel, she really – it really seemed like most of the possessions she drew um, Hagerstrand. And it seems like she took her out of the game. So, or do you anticipate her matching up with perhaps Lopez Seneschal and um, being able to take her out of the game?
1: Um, Well, a lot of times we switch on certain things and stuff, but she gives us a luxury to switch one through four, Mm -hmm. if that's what we decide to do. I think the amazing thing about her is I really believe she's the best defensive player in the league, not because – of just you know shutting down people and stuff, but she there's not many big people. How many centers can switch on to a guard and stay in front of them? Not many, and she's one of them. So her and and Zaria's athleticism allows us at that four spot to be able to in tough situations switch on to a guard, take away their three, and then kind of you know keep them contained so that they can't take it to the basket on you. So that's that's really been one big plus outside of the length, you know, the length of Caitlin and, and Willow and Zaria, you know, and even Sarah's pretty long for uh, a 5'11 kid. Um, You know, that's really has helped us because we may not block a million shots, but we definitely alter things inside. Mm
0: -hmm. Oh, for sure. And kind of going off that with Willow, um, Fairfield likes to play. From what I've seen of them, I, I watched a couple of their games. It seems like they like to play play some zones. So, do you think she's going to have a role in that in that high post area, distributing and maybe looking for her shot uh,
1: against? The it? interesting thing with Coach Frager last year, he almost played everybody's zone, but played us man. Mm. Um, now that's last year's team. And I haven't seen him play much man, if any man at all, in his first four games. So we're preparing for both. We still always will uh, because you just never know. And he might do make-miss, you know, play zone on makes and um, and man on misses.
0: So Now, this matchup really, it looks like, I mean, we're two months, three months away from the end of the season, but this looks like it could be the the matchup of the season. Did it did it seem like that? I mean, I know you had the schedule t- change, but did that Murderers Row you were talking about? Does it seem a little less or a little more manageable now um, that you since you've played a couple games? Oh, it's, it's still
1: Murderers Row in the conference. It's still the top three teams in the conference. In fact, this weekend is a great weekend in the conference because it's you know us playing Fairfield and Quinnipiac at Manhattan, so the top four teams in the preseason poll are playing one another. And for us, it it just, instead of going um, Quinnipiac, Manhattan, Fairfield, it's now Fairfield, Quinnipiac, Manhattan. So, you know, it is what it is. You've got to play them at some time. You know, would I have rather have kept it on the January 16th date? Absolutely, because it would just give us more experience because that's the one huge advantage they've had. Most of those kids have been playing two and three years together. And ours is just basically about two or three games for the most part four games
0: now do you find i i think i know the answer to this but do you find it hard to kind of after that's over do you find it hard to avoid looking ahead and saying oh this schedule after these games really sets up well for us it's just one game Not at a time? At
1: all mm-hmm. i have learned in this conference You know, and you could just take a look at the non-conference with Army stepping up and beating Quinnipiac. And Quinnipiac had played Villanova real tough and beaten Providence. You know, uh, anyone can beat anyone on any given day. You don't have your A game. You don't bring your A game. You know, you're going to get beat. And, again, we're still a very young, inexperienced team. And that's from top to bottom because really the only ones that have experience are Willow, AJ, and Sarah, because Kendall only played eight minutes a game while well, she's up to eighteen minutes a game. Um, you know, TK was only getting about eight minutes a game. She's playing twenty-some odd minutes a game now. You've got, and then you've got freshmen coming in and playing who, you know, had no minutes of experience. So you know that from that standpoint, I wish it was later. When we had it January 15, fifteen, sixteen. But hey, that's the way it goes with these things, you know. And I had said it to John Dunn before, I said, geez, it's our bye week this week, but the way things are going, we'll probably have games. And sure enough, we both have games. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, like you, you know, you look at Iona and St. Peter's last week, they played on 48 hours notice. You know, and that's what the rule is. You you'll get, they'll give you 48 hours notice you know, uh to play people. And that COVID week is filling up pretty fast. We've already got three out of potentially five games that you could have there. Mm-hmm. So cause Sienna and Kinesha's got um postponed till then and they already have Niagara and um let's see who it Niagara and Saint Peter's and I think Iona and Monmouth. So you know, there's not more and more places to do it. And that's why, you know, we say to our kids, you know, you, you got to stay, you know, you got to kind of quarantine yourself in a sense because it's it's very difficult. And the school's been really tough with that. And we've been tough with it. And the kids have just been absolutely amazing. You know, they, no one wants to be the cause of the season being paused and missing, you know, two to four games that they don't get.
0: And, yeah, so what's it? what's it like you know preparing for a team all week long and just knowing that one little thing can totally throw things off
1: well it's nerve wracking you know you, uh, i've said it on our uh, coaches zooms and the conference any day that you have a practice or a game is a blessing and is a great day because you just never know
0: and then another another factor i don't know if you've been keeping track of the weather but it looks like down in Poughkeepsie, you guys to are going to What was that? Yeah, 14 to 20 inches. 14 to 20, exactly. So do you, you anticipate any issues with that or you think you guys will be able to get over to Fairfield all right?
1: Don't know. But I think if we couldn't, they would just move it a day mm-hmm. on Saturday, Sunday. At least that's what I'd hope they would do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But, uh, in fact, I already called Coach Frager. He says Fairfield should get 7 to 12, but where he lives should be 14 to 17. So I just wish I could see Annabelle Ellison's face when, when she wakes up tomorrow morning and, <laughs> and there's a ton of snow on the ground. I love when my, I loved it when Sarah and Kendall from mm-hmm. Arizona got to see snow and stick for the first time. And, you know, Annabelle's got tennis shoes. Annabelle didn't come prepared for this.
0: <laughs> it's it's uh, funny. We've I-
1: talked with her about it, but, uh, um, I had an extra pair of gloves and a scarf. Say, give her for that; uh, she can borrow. Mm-hmm. But, it, um, at least Sarah's older sister played basketball at Colgate, so she could kind of inform both her and Kendall uh, what the situation was there. So they came well prepared.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's priceless. See, I have I have a friend from California. It's priceless seeing their reaction for the first time. You know, oh, it's. I'm I'm from I'm from well upstate, so it's it's no it's no We're surprise. Where
1: about upstate, Jonathan? Um, Syracuse. So am I from Syracuse. Oh my gosh! What school so, did you go to?
0: I went I went to um, Corcoran High School in the, Corcoran, in, the in the
1: city. Used in to play ball all yes, the time. Sir. I went to. I was the first graduating class of Cicero High School when it was just Cicero. It just broken off from North Syracuse. Yes. And about eight years later, they remerged. So it's a home of Brianna Stewart.
0: Exactly. I was just going to say that. the Probably the best women's basketball player in the world. And uh, we can call her our own from up here. That's right. Mm-hmm. Up over
1: near Hinderwaddles.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Found that out, too. So if we were still separate, she would have gone to North Syracuse rather than Cicero. Gotcha, gotcha, yeah. Yeah, I'm a Syracuse boy. We know what squalls are. Okay. I had to introduce that to kids once on our way to Buffalo.
0: Mm-hmm. They
1: said, oh, my God, look at it. So I said, kids, these are squalls. Watch what they do to the window. They just sit there. You can blow your window off. They're that light.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I mean, definitely. I've been have been through a few squalls, but I, I kind of feel left out up here. We're only getting yeah. –
1: Well, warm. now it makes sense when I look at your poster in the back there and you got the cues mm-hmm. up there. Hey
0: – I've got you guys
1: from last year as well. Yep. Uh, One of my closest friends, brothers are two of Syracuse's all-time greatest scorers for the men's basketball team, Mike and Jimmy Lee. Now, that's in the 60s and 70s. Mm -hmm. In fact, Jimmy Lee's a trivia question. He led the NCAA tournament in scoring in 1975 when Syracuse made their first final four. Mm, yes. Yes. That wasn't uh, even when uh, now your was coaching. of police up there was the starting guard for that team, Dennis sweet D Duvall. Now,
0: anyhow, now that's great. That's, that's, that's great info coach. And I I'm glad, well, we, I'm useless, glad we got
1: to it. knowledge.
0: Yes. Oh, yes. Anyhow, that's what podcasts continue. are all about. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. Well, Thank you for taking some time out of your day to to talk with me. Good luck against Fairfield. That certainly looks like it's going to be a great matchup and a great learning opportunity for the team. And um, we'll all be watching, and uh, we'll have our fingers crossed that they uh, do well down there.
1: Yeah, should I say go maroon and white? Because isn't that Corcoran's colors? That
0: is. That is. their you know, the brain hasn't everything.
1: gone totally yet. What was that? My brain hasn't totally gone yet. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it was back in the day where there was Central Tech, Corcoran, mm-hmm, yep. Henninger, and Nottingham. Yes, Borson.
0: exactly. And those are still some of our rivals today. Um, yeah. But
1: yeah, we and now we they won have it. Fowler. Mm-hmm. But anyhow, someday, did you ever go to uh, Danzer's?
0: Oh, I know, I know Danzer's. I drive, I drive past there all the time.
1: Yeah, the, if you ever get one of those German deli sandwiches, I like ham and Swiss cheese. If you bring one back, I'll pay you for it. Oh. But I used to love dancers. Oh. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to remember that, Coach. I've got it on tape now, so you okay. know, I, I have no excuses.
1: <laughs> hey, also, do you know where caramel Corn is in the city? Is that still there? It begins with a K. It's down in the city somewhere, and mm. my – one of my former teammates at Cicero's family owned it. Huh. Someone said it was still there a couple days ago, but I don't know. Okay. That's another one. And do you go to Hyde's and have a Hyde's hot dog? Oh, yeah. Hyde's no. is a staple. Oh, it is. I Every time I go up to Syracuse, I stop at um, uh, Wegmans to get a pack oh, of Hoffman's hot dogs.
0: Oh, my God. My and friend. Get that my
1: type of thing so I can pretend I'm having a Hyde's hot dog.
0: Uh-huh. My friends, my friends down here, they don't even know. They don't even know what Wegmans is. They just have Stop and oh, Shop. oh my God,
1: and and those are the JVs compared to Wegmans.
0: Exactly. Everybody who telling.
1: has a Wegman near them, know that Wegman by far is the five star gold standard of supermarkets.
0: Oh gosh, by yeah, far. Is. I I have to go. I have to make a run there tonight for my for my parents. They don't want to. They don't want to drive when it starts to snow. So I have to.
1: Yeah, that's I for sure. That's why. that's why I'm bunkering down tonight here at Marist. Oh, so. Beautiful.
0: Well, thank you, coach. This has been, this has been great. Um, perhaps if you're willing, we'll do it again sometime down the road. Absolutely. Um, I'll, uh, it's,
1: I'll try to find out if there's some more uh, places up in Syracuse. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever heard of the Nyland family.
0: Uh, not ringing Bobby the bell. John
1: Nyland was the men's basketball coach at Lemoyne and the athletic mm-hmm. director for the longest time. Mm-hmm. His One of his sons, John Nyland, is the girls' basketball coach at CBA where Leanne Ockden played.
0: Mm. Oh, wow. Like She's that. from CBA. Wow. Yep.
1: And, yeah. um, well, you know we got a kid from West Jenny coming. Yes, yes. Uh, um, and, well, I can't tell you about our commitment that we have, but
0: uh-huh. – uh-huh.
1: From somewhere up near there. But because mm-hmm. um, she hasn't signed on the dotted line yeah. yet. But anyhow, but uh, Nyland and I used to play against each other in CYO, me at St. Dan- uh, Daniels and myself at St. Rosa Lima. So mm-hmm. we talk all the time. He's kind of like my scout up there. Oh, that's that's great. Yeah. That's great. So, great guy. Mm-hmm. But his dad was big time in Lemoyne. Moyne. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, anyhow. Well, I don't want to keep this thing going too long for you.
0: Yes. One, uh, more, one more question. Do you know, have you ever heard of Gannon's Isle ice cream up, Gannon, at, up in Syracuse? I've heard of
1: Gannon's ice cream, but I, Gannon's Isle might be Gannon's,
0: the same. Gannon's Gannon's Isle, it's the same thing, just the official title. Uh, I, I work there, so I just, I just want to know if you've, you've heard of it.
1: I, I know I've heard of Gannon mm-hmm. ice cream. Have mm-hmm. you heard, well, do you know Charles Chips?
0: No, I like hate
1: no. chip that comes in a can, those were always good. Mm. That was a Syracuse thing.
0: Syracuse. But
1: anyhow, we'll figure out some more on the next one. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, Sounds Syracuse good. So
0: anyhow. All right. Thank very you very much, you, Coach.
1: Jonathan. You take care.
0: Yes, you too. Good luck on the weekend. Thanks. Right. Bye-bye. Thank you. Well, that was certainly a fun talk with Coach. Sorry if we bored you with our Syracuse talk, but – you know, that's kind of how it is when you find someone who is from the same place as you. You know, whenever I find someone from Syracuse at school, I'm like, I'm all ready to start a conversation with them. Um, it's just something that brings you closer together. So sorry if we were talking for a while about things that, you know, maybe you as a Long Islander or a Connecticut, Connecticut, or I don't know how you say that. Don't understand. But yeah, a lot of good info from coach there about the game upcoming, the games upcoming against Fairfield. And they certainly look like they will be some good tilts between these two teams. It it looks like these two teams could be fighting for position at the top of the MAC, quite frankly, from what I've seen so far of Manhattan and Quinnipiac. And that's not to say they won't get better as the season goes along, but it certainly looks like Marist might be playing a little better than that preseason number four spot in the MAC poll. But we will see what happens. Fairfield set for 7 p.m. on Friday and then same time the next day. And they will certainly be some entertaining games. Should be Marist's sternest test. we'll see if Fairfield comes out in any zone. But either way, they are going to get challenged as Fairfield is unlike any team the Red Foxes have played so far. So I think that will just about wrap it up. And I thank you very much for listening. And we will be back probably uh, to wrap up the Fairfield series and look ahead to the next couple weeks for the Red Foxes. I'm Jonathan Canaan and uh, thanks for tuning in today.